I was struck with today's gospel at how excited Mary and Elizabeth were at their pregnancies, especially Mary's pregnancy. You know, being excited about the birth of a, or the coming birth of a child is not unusual. But blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. They were pretty darn excited over these coming births of Jesus and John. More than excitement about being moms, Mary and Elizabeth, Elizabeth were excited because the Messiah was coming, and the one who was to prepare the way for the Messiah was coming. There had been hard times for Israel for a long time. Rome was in control, and while they were free, Israel was free to worship God, they were looked down upon for it. They were not their own masters. Another nation was in control of Israel, and that meant God was displeased with Israel. God had turned his face from Israel and allowed Rome to take control. So how long would it be until the time of their penalty had been paid and God restored the fortunes of Israel? When would God raise up the one whose origin is from old? from ancient of days, to stand and feed Israel in the strength of the Lord? When would the one of peace come that they could live securely? These were likely the questions on the hearts and minds of Israelites under Roman occupation. They longed for the Messiah to deliver them. And finally, amidst their longing and waiting, the coming of the Messiah was proclaimed to Mary, and the coming of the Lord proclaimed to Elizabeth. And so, Mary and Elizabeth were overjoyed with the coming restoration of Israel and the return of the Lord's favor to Israel. The prophet, like Elijah, was coming to prepare Israel for God's return among them. And the Lord was coming. And all of their hopes and dreams were about to be fulfilled. And they were wrong. Rome was not kicked out of Israel by God's almighty hand. Peace for Israel did not come. They did not live securely to the ends of the earth. A mighty king like David did not come to reestablish his earthly throne. All of their joy and excitement, and they were almost completely wrong about what was coming. Exactly. (laughs) But I find good news in this. They were expecting God's return to Israel. Meaning that God would turn his face to Israel again. That God would drive out the nations that were oppressing them. God instead returned to Israel as a human being. Which was not expected. They were expecting God to fulfill his covenant with Israel. That he would be their God and they would be his people. He would watch over and protect them as they were faithful to him. In Jesus, however, God fulfilled the human side of the covenant with Israel, as well as the divine side of the covenant. That was not expected. They were expecting God to establish David's kingdom forever. Through Jesus, God inserted himself into David's bloodline, fulfilling his promise to David, and also reestablishing himself as king over Israel forever. That was not expected. They were expecting Israel to be a light to the nations. That all the nations would flock to Israel and become a part of Israel. Through Jesus, God opened his covenantal relationship to the Gentiles. Allowing all to enter into a relationship with God through Jesus. That was not expected. Things greater and even more miraculous happened than what were expected in the coming of Jesus. God's salvation was sent out to the world in a way Israel had not expected. The hopes and dreams of Mary and Elizabeth happened. 
And yet, Mary and Elizabeth were almost totally wrong about how those hopes and dreams were to happen. They were almost totally wrong except that they laid their hopes and their dreams squarely at God's feet. Their hope rested on God alone. They had in their minds these ways in which they thought God would fulfill their hope. But ultimately their hope was in God. And their trust was in God. And this is why I find the fact that they were wrong about how their hopes and dreams would be fulfilled to be such good news. Their hope was ultimately in God, and God gave them something even greater than that for which they had hoped. When we consider Jesus' second coming, our hope is ultimately in God. And God just might have something even greater in store for us than that for which we are hoping. The specifics of our hopes and dreams just might be wrong. Just like Mary and Elizabeth's were. And that's okay. God didn't say to Mary, um, Sorry Mary, but your messianic hopes are a little bit off. So you're not really good enough to be Jesus. God said to Mary, You trust in me. And right now, you see in a mirror dimly. But you trust in me, and so I will trust in you to bear my son and care for him when he is born among you as a human being. In this I hear God saying to us, now you see in a mirror dimly. And right now, you just don't really get what's going to happen when I come again to restore all things. But you're placing your trust in me, and I will not disappoint you. For I have in store greater things than even you can imagine. From Micah we hear, the one whose origin is from of old, from ancient of days, is coming to rule in Israel. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And we shall live secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be the one of peace. When it comes right down to it, I really don't have a clue what exactly that means. We believe Jesus is the one whose origin is from of old, from ancient days, and we believe He will is the one that through Him we will all live in peace. But how exactly that happens, I haven't a clue. Apparently I'm not alone in that. Are wicked people destroyed? Or is wickedness within us destroyed? Or are we just no longer allowed to do bad things? Or do we just no longer have a desire to do bad things? All of those scenarios might bring peace, but all of them seem problematic to me at best. My guess is God's got something even greater in store for us than we can imagine. Our hope rests not in the specifics of how we think salvation works. Different Christian denominations and even people within denominations all have different understandings of exactly how salvation works. But now we see in a mirror dimly. And our trust and hope is not in the specifics of how we think salvation works. The specifics are probably all in various degrees of wrong. Our hope and our trust is in God and in God's salvation. Our hope for the future is the coming of Jesus whenever, wherever, however, and as often as that may happen. Our hope is the hope of Mary and Elizabeth. And our joy is the joy of Mary and Elizabeth. 
Our souls leap for joy at the coming of Jesus, just like John the Baptist did in Elizabeth's womb. Like Mary, our souls proclaim the greatness of the Lord, and our spirits rejoice in God our Savior, for He has looked with favor upon us, His lowly servants. Amen.